I feel like I have a little word today. I'm not going to share long. I want to I want to encourage people today with the power of God's righteousness that He puts in us. Um, I I believe that you know it's it, it says that in Second Chronicles, or excuse me, Second Corinthians five, it says, "He who knew no sin became sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus." And Paul also wrote Romans, obviously, and in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation for those who believe, right? It's the power of God for salvation for those who believe, for the, for the Jew first and then the Gentile. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, right? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So I want to talk about the power of God's righteousness that he puts in us when we become believers. I want to show you guys something that's ironic that I'm sitting here, and I don't know if you can see this, but this is a picture of my little Debbie, my wife Debbie, when she was four years old. And this was like right before she left Korea the first time. Her parents, Dr. and Mrs. Owens, were the pioneer missionaries um, that started the Nazarene Church in Korea. And she was born in Korea, and uh, learned to speak Korean before she actually learned to speak English. But she has these cute little pigtails, and it's just my little Debbie at four years old. Well, when she was a little girl, she had nothing but love and generosity in her heart, and she would make little cakes for people on their compound and go and give them to these little guys that would work on the compound. She was always wanting to give. She was always wanting to serve. She was always wanting to love, and she had this heart of righteousness, and it was amazing. And the Lord really grabbed my wife from a young age. And one day, she heard her daddy preaching. She told me this because she wanted to know, you know, when did she give her life to Jesus? And her daddy reminded her when it happened. Um, he heard her preaching. One, you know, she heard my father-in-law preaching one day, and the people were kind of crying and shouting and and you know hollering and. I mean, they were they were loud. Back in those days, they were kind of demonstrative. You know, this is about 55 years ago. And uh, on the way home in the car, she was sitting with her daddy in the front seat. And she goes, Daddy, why were all those people madding? She didn't really know what, the, what was happening. She called it madding. Why were they mad? So she said, Daddy, why were all those people madding? Why were they crying? And, and he said, well, they weren't madding. They were praising and they were repenting and they were getting right with Jesus. And she goes, well... I want to get right with Jesus. And so that's when Dr. Owens led my wife to the Lord when she was a little girl. And her whole life has been a life marked with righteousness. I remember that last song that my boy was singing before I turned off his um, live stream was creating me a pure heart so I can see you. I remember the day my wife called me back when we had a lake house. This is 15 years ago or whatever, 20, 20 years ago. More than that, 24 years ago, I remember when my wife called me and she had been reading the book of John. She felt drawn by the spirit to get away by herself to go to the lake house. And she was reading the book of John and she called me just weeping and she was just, she was kind of undone. And she said, I'm on the floor laying here in the lake house by myself. And she goes, I had no idea Jesus could love me like this. And I just... I knew what was happening, and that's when God made my wife's heart pure. She'd been a believer all of her life, but in that moment when she gave God everything, God gave her life pure. 
made her heart pure. It's unbelievable. So as a little girl, she accepted Jesus, but as a young woman, she let Jesus purify her heart. And that's my wife, and that's the picture next to me. But I want to I want to share just a few thoughts to you um, from Psalms 92. Can you turn to Psalms 92? I was I was just thinking this morning, what should I share today? Lord, do you want me to share something today? I don't have to share something every day. In fact, if I don't feel like I'm supposed to, I won't. But if I feel like I'm supposed to, I'll share three times a day. It doesn't matter. I'm not. I won't do a routine where things become familiar, but I will follow the Spirit so that it's life. But in Psalms 92, it, it, it's, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read um, four verses. Psalms 92, starting with verse 12. And this simply says, The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They will be full of sap and very green. To declare that the Lord is upright. And he is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. So I was talking about my wife and how she's always been an example of the righteousness and love and graciousness and generosity of God. But I want to go here to the Psalms and what the psalmist is trying to get us to see that righteous people really are looking like. And he uses the analogy or the symbolism of a palm tree. And I I did some research on palm trees and it's very interesting what I found out about palm trees. Palm trees will grow in climates where there's very little rain and it's very hot and very desert-like. In fact, sometimes in my travels along areas of sand dunes or in, when I've been in different countries or whatever, I'll be driving along and all of a sudden a palm tree will be growing when nothing else is growing. And that's the analogy that the psalmist is using to compare what righteous people look like and live like. When the famine is on, come on, when the pestilence is on, when the harshness of the climate and the atmosphere is on, palm trees grow. For some reason, the root system gets stuff out of soil that other trees can't make it in. And so they grow in the harshest of climates. And I think right now during this pandemic, people that are really Christians, come on, you guys, people that are really in love with Jesus, they are growing in spite of the climate, in spite of the circumstances. They are they're growing. Their roots are growing deep. They're showing life. So they're like a palm tree, and they grow like a cedar. In other words, they grow tall. They grow strong. They grow vigorous when times are tough. When times are hard, they grow vigorous. And then, and then it says, um, planted in the house of the Lord. In other words, they grow because they're in the proximity of life itself. There's places in the word where it says, you know, be the planting of the Lord, be oaks of righteousness, be the trees of righteousness, planting along the river of God, right? We, they grow because they don't try to grow absent from their life source. They grow vibrantly during hard times because their root system is tied into the river of life himself, which is Jesus, of course, right? He is the vine, but we are the branches. We are the trees that he's trying to grow all over this planet. But, but look what it says. 
they, they flourish because they're in the courts or the presence or the proximity or they're intimate with God, right? But then it says, they will still yield fruit in old age. Now, this is where, this is where it gets really interesting. I have a father-in-law who's almost 94, and I have a daddy who's almost 88. And I think they're living more like Jesus now than they ever have before. It's amazing to me. And when I see here that if you're like a palm tree, you don't stop bearing fruit when you reach retirement age because there is none. You don't start bearing love and peace and joy and patience and kindness and faith and hope and encouragement and hospitality and generosity. All the things that are growing in you when you're a, when you're a righteous planting of the Lord. Come on. When you're old, you don't stop bearing fruit. In fact, the fruit goes in a palm tree till the day it dies. It never stops bearing fruit. And so if you think because you're locked up and quarantined and you're past your ministry prime or you're past your career prime, don't listen to those lies. I think right now is the best time for the fruit to be grown. In fact, now is the time the fruit is growing the hardest and the greatest and the most vibrant because the more hope the world is looking for, they're going to find it on these people that look like palm trees that bear fruit even in their old age. Amen. Amen. They, they shall be full of sap. In other words, the life-giving source is flowing through them, and they're very green. They're very lush. Why? To declare that the Lord is upright. He's still on his throne. He's still God. He's still in control. The pandemic has nothing on God. Come on, you guys. The pandemic has nothing on God. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him, and I'm in him. Praise God. So here's another observation I learned about palm trees. They grow from the heart out. They grow from the heart out. They, they, don't, they don't grow ring on ring from the outside like other trees. They grow from the inside out. You say, well, what does that mean? They're really, it's, they're, like, they're different than every other tree. Here's, my, here's what I mean. You can drive a big nail or a spike in an oak tree or a maple tree or an elm tree and, and, and listen to this, the tree will actually grow around that as the bark develops and they'll, they'll, they'll create these knots, these ugly things, these scars, these big like imperfections because they'll grow around it. I remember like my grandpa would, they would hang clotheslines back when I was a little kid in Iowa, they would lay, like they would hang their clothes on these lines, they would tie around the trees and it would actually start digging into the tree so the bark would grow around it. Palm trees don't do that. Listen to this, you guys. Listen to this. Palm trees grow from the heart out. So if you drove a nail in a palm tree, the bark wouldn't grow around it. It would start pushing the nail out. This is so profound. You need to hear this. And if you get an arrow from the enemy, come on. If you get an arrow from uh, a friend or a, a relationship or a marriage or a child or a lost loved one, and these arrows pierce your heart, if you're growing like a palm tree, it starts pushing out from the heart. It can't take root. You don't get wounded and scarred and grow around it. It actually pushes out that which is trying to get in. And that's the way a palm tree grows. The psalmist didn't just pick a tree out. He used this palm tree analogy because if you really are living righteous, come on, if you're plugged into God and allowing his life to be the life that flows through you, 
Things can't come from the outside and penetrate in because what's inside is stronger. Come on. The gates of hell can't prevail against you that are the gate of heaven, always releasing heaven. You need to hear this. I wish you guys would get happy and give me some hearts or something. This is really good preaching. And I hate talking to a phone, but I'm doing my best. So you know, if you're a palm tree Christian, if you're the righteousness of God in Christ, things can't get into you from the outside because what's inside of you is greater than what's on the outside. It's pushing it back out because they grow from the heart out. And so here we go. Um, my father-in-law last September lost his bride of 70 years. And it was hard, man. They've been together forever. She was his best friend. He lived to serve her. He lived to love her. And when she died, I, I remember uh, he, 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 even after he didn't really have a reason to go to Travance where she spent the last two years of her um, he would go up there from time to time and he would see people in the hallways and he, they would say, oh, Don, they were so happy to see him because all he ever did his whole time up there was spread hope and joy and love to everybody in that facility. And so now, listen to this. Now, he goes around now and he sees him and he puts hands on him and he prays over him even though he's lost his wife because righteous people don't ever stop bearing fruit when it's the righteousness of God. And I see my daddy. Yesterday, I drove by my daddy and I saw him um, in the driveway you know, we're trying to be quarantined. Debbie and I were on that road trip, you know, a little over a week ago. We were gone for three weeks. And um, we uh, had been trying to talk to Dad through the window of the car, you know, from six feet away. My dad comes up and puts his hands on the car door, so he just keeps forgetting. But when I see how much they love Jesus, when I see how much they love each other, when I see how much they just keep serving and how much they just keep loving, when I see Dr. Owens... It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter if you're a one-year-old palm tree or a 94-year-old palm tree. Palm trees start bearing fruit the first year, and they bear fruit until the last day they're alive. And nothing can penetrate them because what's growing on the heart always pushes out what's on the exterior. And so I just wanted to encourage you today. Today was a little different. I felt like I was supposed to let you hear my boys worship the first half hour. And so that's why I had that playing. I'm going to say a prayer now. And I'm just going to I'm just going to thank the Lord. You know, these are different times for all of us, right? Um uh, both my daughters, one of them walked over yesterday with her kids and we could see him from 6 feet away and one of them drove over in the car and we could see him from 6 feet away, but my little JJ came up and we actually hugged him cuz he couldn't stand it any longer. And so um and so we are. My house is clean. If you saw it this morning, it looks perfect, like like a show house, because the grandkids can't come in. But I'd rather have a messy house and hear the laughter and the noise and the fighting of my grandkids and have a clean house. I'd rather have the kids here. So I'm not. I don't like this. I don't like being separated from my team. I don't like not being able to go to churches. I don't like being not able to hug my kids. I think the one thing I'm never going to take for granted again is hugging my kids. Once this thing's over, I'm going to hug everybody on the planet because people need to know how much Jesus loves them. 
But I want to say a prayer that God would give us the assurance that even when it's dry, even when the climate's harsh, harsh, even when the atmosphere is uncertain, come on, even when we don't know when things are going to turn, we're growing, man. Our roots are growing deep. The fruit is barren, rich, 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 nourishing fruit. And we're going to make it through this because we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? And so, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Chad's worship today. I thank you that you got a hold of my little Debbie when she was a little four or five-year-old. And you changed her heart, and she's still bearing fruit. And her daddy's almost 94, and he's still bearing fruit. I thank you that righteousness doesn't have a shelf life, but it endures forever. And you've given me living examples all around me of what it looks like when a person is plugged into Jesus. So, Lord, everybody that watches this over the next couple days, the ones who watched it live, the ones who will watch later, would you encourage them today? Would you give them hope? Would you give them peace? Would you let them know that nothing can stop the fruit of God's love from flowing through their lives as long as they just stay plugged into you? So I love you, Jesus. We love you. We're your family. We're your body. We're your church. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.